We're gonna be in Luke chapter 10 this morning, verse 25 through 37. And if that sounds familiar, it's because we were there last week. And guess what? We're gonna be there again next week. All right? This is a parable that you've probably heard before, but we're looking at it in a bunch of different ways. We go with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 25. It'll be on the screen behind me. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going along that same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to that place, he saw him and passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, he came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you have. Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is the word of God for us, the people of God, and together we say, thanks be to God. We are in the third week of a series called Samaritan, where we're looking at the power of parables and how Jesus's parables are more than just simple stories with one basic way of being read, like Aesop's fables. The parables are like gems that you can turn and look through at different angles with different perspectives and see something else entirely new. Like, for example, last week we looked at it through the parable that we called last week's sermon, the parable of the Levite, and imagined what it would be like to be this religious man walking down on the other side of the road and why he would do such a thing. Next week we'll take a different perspective. And today, though, I would like to preach from the subject, the parable of the beaten man. The parable of the beaten man. Will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in our sight, in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We thank you for your word. May it always be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I did want to say just a quick thank you before we begin our sermon. All the texts and calls and well wishes have meant a lot once again as my father had his heart surgery on Thursday. All is going well. He's recovering. He's in Birmingham. He's probably watching right now, half asleep. Um, And so it means so much to be part of a church that cares for one another. Your texts and calls, um, they are not, they do not go unnoticed and they are definitely not unappreciated. So, So thank you for the love that you've shown me and my family during this season. You know, when I read this text, though, as we begin our sermon this morning, I can't help but get stuck on this this part. He was attacked by robbers, stripped of his clothes. They beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. That's about as bad as it gets. I don't know that there is 
more of an end of the rope. You've hit rock bottom desperation than being robbed, stripped, beaten, and left half dead. Can you imagine happening upon this scene? Like what if, can you imagine last week, like we said, if you're the Levite and you walked past on the other side, can you imagine seeing this? Like the fact that those priests, the priests and Levite, they walk by on the other side, it's surprising for a whole host of reasons. But perhaps most surprising is trying to imagine what this would be like today. Like if you're walking down Dolphin Street downtown, what would it be like if you saw a naked person on the side of the road who's been beaten, robbed, half dead? and you just walk by on the other side. Like, it's hard for me to imagine that happening in this city today. I mean, it might, it's just hard for me to imagine seeing any of you ignoring the person who is there in desperate need. To be walking down downtown, and be, oh look, that dude, he looks like he needs help. I'm gonna walk by on the other side, right? That, that's none of you, you wouldn't do that. You, 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 you wouldn't pass by like that. The scene in the modern context just seems so bizarre, so out of the norm. It's hard to imagine happening upon something like this. But you know what's not hard to imagine? Being the beaten man on the side of the road. It's not hard to imagine being in a place where you feel like someone's taken everything from you. To be in a place where you feel like you've been stripped and laid bare for the world to see. It's not hard to imagine being in a place where you feel lost and left alone and there's no one there to help you. It's not hard to imagine because many of us have been in moments like that. Many of us have had moments where you felt like we were that man. I'm sure there are moments in your life where you felt like no one was stopping to help, or you felt like you were alone. Perhaps that's exactly why you're here this morning. Perhaps that's where you're at. Perhaps you're coming to church because you are looking for some sort of word of encouragement because it feels like you've been beaten, left alone, half dead on the side of the road. Perhaps that's where you were at one point in life and you hadn't quite gotten over it. If you haven't been there yet, I can almost guarantee it'll happen at some point. Because suffering, whether we like it or not, is part of the human experience. We live in a fallen world where bad things happen. We live in a world where suffering is inescapable for the entirety of our lives. That doesn't mean that all of our life is meant to suffer and doesn't mean that you should always feel like you have to suffer to feel alive. It just means it's gonna happen. It's bound to happen. I know that it's bound to happen because even the one perfect human was destined to be the suffering son of man. Even the one person on earth who should have never suffered at all suffered in the most intense ways. So if even God can suffer, so too will we. And I hope you don't hear me saying, welcome to church, here's Debbie Downer time. I'm just naming some things that we all know to be true, but maybe we're afraid to say out loud. So on this second week, as we consider this parable once again, I want us to change our perspective. We're not the Levite this week. 
We're not the Samaritan. We're the man on the side of the road. We're the person on the side of the road. And I would like for us to think about suffering in two different ways. The first is the suffering that is brought on by our own actions and then suffering that is beyond our control. And after we do that, I want us to consider what God's response is to both of those things. All right? That's an amen for my son. So let's, let's, first, let's first think about that suffering that we bring on ourselves. Have you ever gotten in your own way? I mean, like I am the king of putting my foot in my mouth, bringing some suffering upon myself because of some things that I said that I shouldn't have said. Brianna says, I don't have internal thoughts. All my thoughts, the second they come to my mind, they're right out of my mouth. And I'm just like grabbing at them, wishing they could come back in, right? Have you ever been that person? Have you ever, I like this verbal affirmation of the day. This is good. I, I, I know that there have been times in my life where there have been things that I've done that I wish I had not have done, right? Am I the only one? I'm, I, maybe not, I don't know. But, but have you ever tried to do the right thing, but you found yourself falling a little short? Like you knew what you should do, but you just, it was just a little bit out of reach. You're not alone. Even the apostle Paul, St. Paul was there at one point. He wrote to the Romans, he said this, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, that's what I keep on doing. This man is one of the founders of the church, one of the holiest people in all of our Christian history, Without Paul's work, we might not be here today. The majority of the New Testament written by Paul and his people. And even he said, I know what I should do, but it's hard. I wanna do the right thing, but I don't do that. Sometimes I make decisions that bring suffering upon myself and upon the people that I love. You know, I, I know I, God has showed me, I've read the Bible, I've been to church, my parents taught me, I saw from somebody that influenced my life, what is the right thing to do? I just can't do it. Like, who in here this morning knows you probably should have only had one of those donuts out in McGowan Hall? But then you had one, and you're like, man, but I didn't get the sprinkles. Let me, let, I'm just gonna try this. You know you should only have one donut, but you ended up eating that second one, right? And that's some, that'll bring some suffering on you once you get a little bit older. Like, you kids don't understand this yet. I know I'm not as old as some of our people in here, our seasoned saints in this room, but my body's starting to do new things when I eat too much sugar and it just doesn't feel as good. And that's some suffering that's just, I'm not familiar with. Maybe, you know you should go to bed, get yourself a good night's sleep, but that show is just so good. You gotta watch one more episode, right? You gotta know what happened. Maybe, maybe you know you should work out today. But working out is hard. You know it's the right thing to do. But like running, all my runners in here, y'all people are crazy. I mean like Shannon Bill, I see, I see Shannon Bill, she's over there running hundreds of miles a day and I'm like, that just sounds like nuts. I know I should do that too. Good for you, you know what's right to do. I don't, I just don't do it. I assume if I'm gonna end up where I started, you might as well never leave in the first place. <laughs> I think we, we have all done certain things like this that might produce a, a full belly 
some tired eyes, or we lug around a couple extra pounds. And that's a very mild form of suffering in the grand scheme of life, is it not? But I say those things to just kind of get your mind, you understand what I'm talking about. You know that there are certain things, even the small things on a daily basis that you should do, that you don't do. Or there's things that you shouldn't do that you do do. You eat that extra donut. But we also know that suffering that we bring upon ourselves is directly related to the magnitude of the decision. If I eat that donut, I'm gonna suffer for a few moments, but it'll be gone by the end of the day. But what about, what about when you decide that despite knowing what it will do to the ones you love, you have to have a little bit more of that substance, whatever it might be, that helps you escape the world for just a moment. I mean, you, you've moved past responsible. You've moved past what you know is right. And you're like, I, I gotta get one more. I gotta get some more. Or maybe for you, it's, you, you knew that that financial decision was a risky one. Like you knew that things are tight right now. Or you knew that things are secure right now. But there's this something that's just, it seems too lucrative. It seems too good to be true. It seems like I cannot miss this opportunity. And so rather than making sure you focus on the security of your family, maybe you make a little investment. Maybe you, you dabble a little bit in a market. Maybe you, do, you, you buy something that overextends yourself to the point where you can't, you can't get back. You, you, you can't help but putting more on the credit card and more on the credit card. I gotta have this, I gotta have that. What about whenever you know, you're, you're at work and, or you're traveling and your family's at home? And there's just some, some decisions you can make or not make. And you gotta think, what is best for, for what should I do? Have, have, you ever, have you ever been in that place? Because there are some suffering there is some suffering in this world that we bring upon ourselves because we, like Paul, know what we should do, but sometimes we just can't keep ourselves from doing it. And we can think of famous examples of this, right? Like, you know, Josh Gordon, that receiver in the NFL, been banned five times from substances that he shouldn't be taking, and he's got all this talent, but just can't make the right decision, needs, can't, it just it seems right beyond Bernie Madoff. You remember the story of Bernie Madoff? He had money already, but couldn't get out from this Ponzi scheme that he started for himself. Richard Nixon didn't have to get himself embroiled in the Watergate scandal, but you know, sometimes you got power, you want more power. Like Martha Stewart was on top of the world before she got some information that she didn't have to act upon. You know, there's famous examples of this those are the ones that make headlines. But for every one of those, there are hundreds of those in our own lives that we make out of fear or greed or lust or insecurity or jealousy. Each of us is given the opportunity to make our own decisions. And when we choose those decisions that are less than ideal for ourselves and our lives, those things we know we ought not to do, that if we do that enough, or if that one time we do it is significant enough, we may eventually find ourselves like this man on the side of the road, feeling helpless. And we know it's our own fault. 
There's more than one way to find yourself beaten, feeling half dead. And for many of us, there are times in our lives where the decisions we made brought us to rock bottom. If that's where you are this morning, I want, to hear you to hear, I want you to hear this again. You are not alone. You are not the only person who has made a poor decision. You are not the only person who has brought suffering upon yourself. But maybe you're here this morning or maybe you're at a place in your life, or maybe at some point you've been at a season in life where suffering comes upon you because of circumstances that are completely beyond your control, things that were not your fault, things that happened that you didn't even, you couldn't plan for, you couldn't expect. Maybe you're laying on the side of the road because somebody else beat you up or because something else left you there. Maybe you had an unexpected loss of a loved one that made you just feel helpless. Maybe you're laying on the side of the road because of some downsizing that's happened at your company. It wasn't that you weren't doing good at your job, they just didn't have the money to pay you. Maybe a global pandemic happened and you were stuck in your house for a long time. And you didn't know which way was up or down when you came back to the world and things just feel a little funky now. And you just have this kind of sense of suffering that you just can't really escape. Like you're saying, help me somebody, I'm on the side of the road feeling beaten and half dead and everybody's just passing by on the other side. Maybe that's you this morning. I wonder if any of you have been in that place before. I wonder if you've, you know, if you haven't, again, I guarantee you'll be there someday because life happens and things happen that are beyond our control. Maybe it's a medical diagnosis something that just kind of came out of left field. And that feels like a robber just coming in to beat you and take away your sense of health, the security of your own body. Maybe there's a hurricane that came through and hit your house because we live here on the coast and we know that is very possible. Maybe the stock market crashed and it wasn't yet a bad investment. You just did what you were supposed to do and all of a sudden you're left with nothing. I know this is how I felt after my grandfather took his own life. I've told you all that story and like, I just felt rocked. Brianna and I, I know that's how we felt after the loss of our, the miscarriage of our second child. Just like, you don't know which, which way is up, which way is down. Like somebody has just taken from you something very important and you feel like there's no one stopping to help you. I know that's how so many people feel right now, even still in Panama City after Hurricane Michael destroyed everything that they had. I know that's how people around our country feel as loved ones died from this pandemic COVID-19 virus. I, I know that's how people have felt when they lost their homes during the 2008 housing market crisis. There's no end to the external factors that can make us feel like the beaten person on the side of the road. There are so many things that are beyond our control. There are so many things that happen that are not your fault. I feel like Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. We've all been the, the recipient of circumstances that we couldn't help. But the thing about Jesus' parables, and the thing about this parable in particular, is they're not just telling us news. They're not simply describing some event that happened. They are telling us about the good news. 
They are telling us, they are describing for us the kingdom of heaven, God's kingdom, what it's like to be in a relationship with God Almighty. As we look at this parable, we see, yes, there is a man on the side of the road and his circumstances have been horrible. He has been stripped. He has been robbed. He has been beaten. He is left half dead on the side of the road and the world is passing him by. But we also see in this parable God's response to human suffering. In this story, we see a character that shows us the nature of God. And it happens to show up as the most unlikely character. God can show up in the most unlikely of ways, things we're not expecting, because the Samaritan is the mortal enemy of the Israelite. They don't like each other, almost as much as they don't like the Romans. And so for this man's enemy, this man's person he never wants to see to stop by and help him shows us how surprising God can actually be. That in our suffering, God might show up in the most unexpected ways. That God's response to us when we suffer is not to pass by on the other side, not to say, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, not to say, it's your fault, you got yourself in this mess and now you got to deal with it. He comes alongside and says, let me comfort you. Let me bandage your wounds. Let me pick you up and put you on my ride. Take you to some place where you can be cared for. I'll give you everything I got right now. And then if you need more, I'll come back and I'll pay that too. That's how God responds to human suffering. That's how God responds to in this story, but also in our lives. Friends, God's response when we are the beaten person on the side of the road is not to leave us there and not to blame us but to show us compassion. Whether we got there by our own doing or circumstances beyond our control, God sees us in our greatest need and offers us the greatest aid. When we are at our weakest, God is at his strongest because there's so much God can do when there's nothing else we're turning to when there's nowhere else we're looking, when there's nothing else we can do for ourselves, we can't pick ourselves up, we can't heal ourselves, we can't fix these problems. That's when God is at God's greatest. I don't know why you're here this morning. I don't know if you're here out of a sense of obligation or desperation. I don't know if you're here just because it's Sunday and that's what you're supposed to do. I don't know if you are searching for something that seems just beyond your control, just beyond reach. Something happened and you need healing. Something happened and you thought you're over it, but you're not. Something happened yesterday and you just showed up this morning. I don't know why you're here, but I know why God's here. And I know that God is here. God is here. God is with us. God is in this place. God is in our lives to offer us the healing we need to help us in our suffering, to bring us grace and mercy, forgiveness when we don't even deserve it. 
We've done something that seems like it's irredeemable, but God says, there's nothing I cannot redeem. There's nothing for which you cannot be forgiven. There's nothing for which I will not stop loving you. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Not heights or deaths, nor powers or principalities or decisions you've made or things that happen to you. When you remember this morning, whatever it is that is causing you suffering or whatever did cause you suffering or whatever might cause you suffering, I hope you also remember that God wants to offer you comfort. That God has grace that is beyond measure. That God loves you and that we love you. This church is meant to be the hands and feet of God. That as Christ agents in this world, we are spreading the good news and we want you to know you have a place to belong. We want you to feel the loving embrace and peace of Christ as being a part of this community. We want you to know God loves you and so do we. And we're not perfect, we're not. I look around this room and I see a lot of people I like, but I don't see anybody that's perfect. And so you might think, well, I don't know if I belong there. Everybody there, you know, they're going to church. They're good people there. No, we've all got our own issues. We've all had suffering too. We've all done things we do regret. But together we believe that we are experiencing the love and grace of God and we're gonna journey together on this path to healing and wholeness and holiness. And so this morning, if you're looking for a place to belong, if you're looking for a place that's gonna offer you what you desperately need, I hope that you'll find it here. Because I know that God is at work. And I know that no matter what you've done, God forgives you God loves you and so do we. And I know that no matter what happened to you, things that maybe you've been trying to reconcile for years, that we want to be there with you to comfort, to hear, to listen, to support, to love, because that's how God is at work in our lives. And so if we are the man who's beaten on the side of the road, Let's not just think about all those people that are passing by, but remember that God comes too. God comes in the most incredible ways, even when they're unexpected. Will you pray with me?